že to mám si, že to nepomová, jako zachrané ľupy, ty kole čorní prove. I sama ja neznáju, že oni ja ty majú, či prstie, či prstie, sama nevrdáju. I sama ja neznáju, že oni ja ty majú, či prstie, či prstie, sama nevrdáju. Že to mám si, že to mám si, že to kole sočky, jako zachrané ľupy, ty kole čorní očky. Sama ja ne znaju što dija te maju Če prste, če prste, sama ne vataju I sama ja ne znaju što dija te maju Če prste, če prste, sama ne vataju Jak i včiny neljupite koleče porica I sam že ja ne znaju što dija te maju Če prste, če prste, sam je ne vrtaju I sam že ja ne znaju što dija te maju Če prste, če prste, sam je ne vrtaju Že to mam siu, že to mam siu, že to ne je čminka Jak i včiny neljupite kole Ukrajinka I sam že ja ne znaju što dija te maju Če prste, če prste, sam je ne vrtaju Ej, sam že ja ne znaju, što dija te maju Če prste, če prste, sam je ne vrtaju And Melania from Edmonton opening up our program. And that was a song called Jetomate, which translates as Rye Mother. Rye is in grain, but um, it's not really a song about grain. <laughs> More like asking a mother's advice about love. Melania from Edmonton with Jetomate. Dobri večer, dorahi radiju suhačita vitaju vas vsih na radiju programu Naš holos, radiju Krinskoho Korinja, katera podijeci vam jak svečajno šo subote a šosti hodeni na bahatomovni radiostanci AM 1320CHMB u misi Vancouveri i pomareži PCJ radio Mižnorodnomu. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina Makori, djakuju šo vebole suhačama sjerni večeri, ta rišale prebute zimnoju nastupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm Paula demchuk Makori, Pokrinska Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you. We've got an interview with a former ambassador to Ukraine, and it'll be sort of a follow-up to last week's report on the elections in Ukraine. And Ambassador Fraser will be 
talking a little bit about the political situation, the new president, and uh, what uh, may be in store for Ukrainian politics in the near future. Also on Ukrainian Jewish heritage, a review of a book about Ukrainian Jewish relations from ancient times to 1914. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, and it will be focusing on Mother's Day since uh, it is just around the corner, or depending on when you're listening, just past. So uh, we started out with Zhitomate, at Rye Mother, and coming up next is the Tottischuks from Winnipeg, Rosemary and Charlene, and here they are with Mamanes Sorochka, a mother's blouse. Come 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Старенька, люба моя мамо, коли б дорогу знала ти сюди, пішла б одна, глибокими снігами, шукать мої заметні сліди. Полярну ніч і холод краю комі, ти б все усе дучі перемогла, та жаль тобі, дороги незнайомі, крім тих, що є, круг нашого села. Від і розпуки, 
a duo from Montreal called Previte, which means welcome. And that is from their first CD, Berechnadi, Shores of Hope, released back in the 1990s. And that was Mark Bednarczyk and Roman Kostik and a song called Mamo. Up next is another group from Montreal. And this is a group that uh, Previte has done some collaborative work with. They are called Chedemshena, a wonderful trio. And here they are with Oikutila Menemate. My mother wanted me to marry a musician. for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. In this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we will be discussing a journey through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from antiquity to 1914, curated and written by Alti Rodal, 
the co-director of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. A journey through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from antiquity to 1914 was originally a traveling exhibition shown in six venues in four Canadian cities, Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Montreal, between May and September 2015. Its 36 panels examined the history and interactions of these two peoples, living side by side on Ukrainian lands. The panels featured texts, graphics, photographs, paintings, and maps, as well as short videos and recorded music. In 2018, Alti Rodal, the co-director of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, expanded on the exhibition's narrative to explore the multidimensional relationships between Ukrainians and Jews inhabiting the lands of today's Ukraine. In the introduction, Rodal tells readers, Our aim is to present an integrated narrative that looks at the experience of these two peoples together in all its complexity, through periods of crisis and episodic violence, as well as long stretches of normal coexistence and multifaceted cross-cultural fertilization slash cultural interaction. The resulting book, A Journey Through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from Antiquity to 1914, was published in English and Ukrainian. It was awarded first prize for museum exhibit catalogs at the 5th Triennial All-Ukrainian Museum Festival in Dnipro, Ukraine, in September 2018. The book is divided into two sections, Antiquity to the Partitions of Poland and the Two Parallel Eras, the Long 19th Century, 1772 to 1914. The first section examines the interactions of the two peoples beginning in antiquity, moving to the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth period, and concluding with an examination of Hasidism and Hebrew-Yiddish publishing on Ukrainian lands. Using straightforward text and relevant graphics, issues discussed include Jewish settlement in Ukrainian lands, Ukrainian serfdom, Jewish cooperation with Polish magnates, Meniski's uprising and the consequences for both Jews and Ukrainians, the Uman massacre, the rise of the Uniat Church, and the rise of Hasidism. The second section of this book focuses on the experience of Ukrainians and Jews in the Russian Empire, as well as the Austro-Hungarian regime up to 1914. It deals with difficult topics, such as the pogroms in the Russian Empire. However, it also highlights trends in Ukrainian Jewish political and civic cooperation. There is a focus on the cultural renaissance experienced by both Ukrainians and Jews during this period. This section concludes by examining emigration to North America. Although this volume may be compact in size at only 169 pages, it is full of relevant information, insightful historical analysis, detailed maps, and graphic elements, as well as historically significant paintings and photographs. Readers of all ages will learn a great deal about Ukrainian and Jewish history, culture, religion, economics, and demographics in the land that is contemporary Ukraine. 
Young readers would particularly enjoy this book because of its simple yet interesting text, along with wonderful graphic elements. Each section is focused on the overall aim of the book, to build mutual comprehension and solidarity between the Ukrainian and Jewish peoples worldwide. Alti Rodal is one of the original founders of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter and chair of its academic council. She is a historian, writer, former professor of Jewish history, and official advisor to the Government of Canada. Born in Chernivtsi, Ukraine, she completed her education at McGill, Oxford, and Hebrew universities in the fields of history and literature. Her research and writing has focused on aspects of identity, Jewish history and culture, and intercommunal relations. A Journey Through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from Antiquity to 1914 is available in English and Ukrainian PDFs and print versions from the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter website. I'm Myra Jenik in Toronto for Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Is 
kalackavam sviška i za slučeni oči poroši tvoji i tvoja nezradljiva batirinska laskava u sviška i za slučeni oči poroši vlakitni tvoji Žmu toj rušne proste nače to v tekim šelesti trav šebetanji dibro i na tim rušničkovi ožive se znajome do bolju i deten svoj rozluka i virna ljubov Oživé se znajome do bolju I detej svoj rozluka tvoja materinska ljubov And another traditional Ukrainian folk song on a mother's theme. This was Zirka doing a kind of a Zabava rendition of an old-time waltz of that song, Ridna Mate Moya. Up next, the female beat from Winnipeg with another traditional Ukrainian folk song, Onekodehretsu, Don't Go Out in the Woods, Greg. And it was, of course, made into a North American hit back in the 1940s, Yes, My Darling Daughter. Here's the female beat from Winnipeg with an instrumental version done in a foxtrot.
This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. On April 21st, a comedian with no political background was elected Ukraine's next president in a landslide. How can his stunning victory be explained? What is next for Ukraine, Europe, and Canada? These were questions posed on April 30th to a panel discussion co-sponsored by the Department of Germanic and Slavic Studies and the Center for Global Studies at the University of Victoria. Participating in the panel were two UVic professors, Irena Matienko from the Faculty of Political Science, Sidhi Yekelchuk from Faculties of History and Germanic and Slavic Studies, and Derek Fraser with the Center for Global Studies. Derek Fraser was the Canadian ambassador to Ukraine from 1998 to 2001, and he also headed an election observation team to Ukraine in 2012. Ambassador Fraser kindly agreed to speak with us by phone from his home in Victoria to share his thoughts and observations about the surprising results of the election and the outlook for the political future of Ukraine. Thank you so much for joining us, Ambassador Fraser. I'm delighted to be with you. Now, last week we heard the head of the most recent election observer mission to Ukraine, the Honorable Lloyd Axworthy, categorically state that the election on April 21st was free and fair and that the outcome is indeed legitimate. Now, before we get to that outcome, I just want to backtrack a wee bit to the last election observation observer mission that you headed back in 2012. That election brought Ukraine Viktor Yanukovych, the now disgraced president who fled to Russia where he remains in hiding. Now, many hold the opinion that the Maidan uprising was a CIA coup and that Yanukovych was the legitimate duly elected president. Now, as head of the election observer mission who oversaw that election, was it a free and fair election? No one considered the election in 2012 to be a free and fair election. It was condemned to varying degrees, I think, by every one of the international observer missions, with the one exception of a mission sent by Russia. Oh, surprise, surprise. (laughs) But uh, this one has been accepted generally as a free and fair election, I think, by all the international observer Mm -hmm. missions, Mm -hmm. including the uh, one headed by Lloyd Axworthy. Right, right. Now, um, what were some of the things that happened that violated the tenets of a free and fair election in 2012? Oh, dear. Um, gerrymandering, bribery of voters, invention of election results, hmm. uh, which is uh, which was uh, uh, fairly common in Ukrainian elections. They would simply, they would uh, recount election results. I think there was a certain amount of carousel voting. That's oh. where buses with with uh, young men in them go from polling station to polling station, and they all vote in the, in the ridings. But there were a large number of sins, and uh, and you saw and this was sorry, sorry, sorry. You saw all this happening. We got reports on it happening, mm-hmm. in, so there was no doubt about that, and. What really what really counted was not only the way in which uh, people voted, but it was what happened after the election observers had left, when they came to counting up and recounting up results. There, there was uh, there were several cases. We had, still had a few observers on the ground who noted several cases of fraudulent behavior. Hmm. 
Well, nice that seven years later that has stopped. So the election brought in somebody, Yanukovych, who caused a citizen revolt, which brought war to Ukraine by their covetous neighbor, waiting for a weak moment in order to strike. And there was a bit of a scramble to fit the presidential void after Yanukovych abdicated. Uh, eventually, Petro Poroshenko was elected. And was that a deemed a free and fair election in 2014? Was I mean, had it improved that much? In I think years? it got, I think uh, my memory is that, that it was regarded as substantially free and fair. Mm-hmm. Well, there were two elections in 2014. There was the presidential election in May. Right. And then there was the uh, legislative election in October. Right. And that's that's kind of standard. I guess that's what's going to be happening this year as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There still are there still are reforms that could be undertaken. The Ukrainian uh, system for voting in legislative elections is one that they have borrowed from Germany and other countries in Western Europe, in which half the vote uh, half the members are elected on a proportional basis, and the other half are elected on um, on a constituency basis. Hmm. And in the case of Ukraine, the, um, the deputies elected on a constituency basis often win as a result of fraudulent counting, hmm. voter bribery, and a recent study by the British think tank Chatham House has suggested that they should go over to a, a purely proportional voting mechanism because that's, that can be better controlled to prevent abuse. Ah, so there's still a bit of work to do. <laughs> yeah. But at least the presidential um, election was above board, so that's good. So, so it seems we're, we're co- we've come to a point, or we're coming to a point, where Ukrainians understand the process of free and fair elections. Um, it was nice to see outgoing President Petro Poroshenko graciously concede defeat, and he'll be handing over the reins to the new president, I guess, this month. So let's talk about the new president, Volodymyr Zelensky, a comedian who played the president of Ukraine in a sitcom and apparently threw his hat in the ring just for laughs. I wonder if he's laughing now. (laughs) Well, we don't know. Uh, Zelensky is a lawyer by education. He is a very wealthy businessman. Uh, So the fact that he has played a, a president in a television show uh, several times, I think, doesn't get away from the fact that, in, in fact, he's an educated man and he has done very well for himself. So uh, I think that uh, people are perhaps underestimating him. Well, let's, let's hope so. I mean, that would be a, that would be a very happy situation if, if that was the case. So but I think I think whatever the case, and he he will have to. He's proved to be tough on Putin, Mm -hmm. but whatever the case, he's got a lot to learn. Uh, So there there can easily be mistakes, but I think the chief thing that counts is whatever the case, the West must continue to engage with Ukraine and support Zelensky and support the political process in Ukraine. Um, Russia is still continuing to seek to either take over Ukraine or to destabilize Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And if Russia succeeds in maintaining instability in Ukraine and doing its best to do so, this will in the long run have destabilizing effects in Europe, including increased emigration from Ukraine, 
trade disruption and cyber attacks. So the Russians aren't changing their policy of bringing Ukraine under control or making it impossible for it to survive as a stable government. But the result is that the British think tank Chatham House managed to come out with on the 25th of September with its suggestions for what should be the Western policy as a result of the election. And what it's proposing, I think, is a very good sense. And it says continued engagement and demonstrate unconditional commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity, offer more financial support to Ukraine if Ukraine shows signs of successful financial reform. And reforms are coming, but they're very slow. Mm -hmm. We should maintain uh, a coherent Western position and renew sanctions against Russia until Russia changes its behavior. We should do more to fight Russian propaganda. We should boost defense cooperation, including supplying defensive lethal weapons. We should clarify Ukraine's perspectives on its association with NATO and the EU. And it suggests that it should be possible for Ukraine to become a member of the EU. This would provide a good, solid anchor for reforms in Ukraine. (laughs) And as Ukraine makes progress in its relations with the EU, further assistance should be given. But on specific topics, the West should support judicial reform. Ukraine still does not have the rule of law. Oh, really? The rule of law means the courts operate independently of the government. Right. And this is not true in Ukraine. And this is one of the reasons why there's such a high level of corruption, because people can suspect they will not be held accountable for bribery. Yeah, and that was the the corruption was um, a big albatross for Petro Poroshenko. A lot of people did accuse him. Well, I guess on one hand, they said he didn't root out corruption fast enough for their liking. And the other was that he was corrupt himself. He didn't strike me. I mean... He's probably, I would think, one of the least corrupt uh, presidents that Ukraine has had. Um, Well, pressure was put on him to make the oligarchs accountable under law. Right. And he resisted that, but he was caught in the situation in which the oligarchs' uh, radio and television stations came out against him. Oh, okay. The other thing we have to take into account is that Zelensky has very close relations with one oligarch. I'm just trying to think of his name. I think it's Kolomoisky, isn't it? Kolomoisky, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a little bit disgraced right now. Well, he gave ample support to Zelensky. And I think we'll have to be careful there. He may try to get back the Privatbank, which uh, Poroshenko had nationalized. A A bank? Yes, yes. It was Kolomoisky's bank. Okay, right, right. And it was because of misbehavior. Right. Uh, so we've got a problem there. But I mentioned that the West should be involved in judicial reform. It might promote electoral reform in the system I suggested. But further support is needed for the economy, for the media, and civil society. And Western governments might consider increasing budget support to help the country balance its budgets. Uh-huh. And and there should be an attempt to diversify membership of the media, including which are now in the pockets of the oligarchs, and in order to have independent quality media in Ukraine. 
So, and so, like the the median, like in the West, I guess is as independent as as you can get, although it is concentrated in a, in a few hands. But it, a lot of these companies are publicly traded. As far as uh, you see, what you you get in Ukraine is you get media that reflect the voice of their owners. Ah, okay. Uh, that is not the case in 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 Canada, but mm. in Ukraine, the media are the mouthpiece for their oligar- uh, the oligarch owners. Hmm. And so in many cases, especially in the case of television, so mm-hmm. this this is a reform that is that is needed. Um, but these are the principal reforms that Chatham House suggests that we should support. This is an enlargement of Western support going into Ukraine right now, and it's a reaffirmation of the West's support for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And. Ukraine will need this support, especially if, because it will take some time for Zelensky, whatever his his intellectual background is, to understand what he has taken on. Usually what we find in, in Canada or in Western countries is that when a group has been out of power for a long time, their first year is a bit rough mm-hmm. before they begin to understand how to make the system work. Mm-hmm. And... This is going to be the problem that Zelensky will face, sure. and this is why continued Western support mm-hmm. is required, especially in order to counteract Russian attempt to destabilize the government in Ukraine. What is the point? What is Russia Russia's goal? Why are they doing this? Russia has two goals. One is to reconstitute its zone of influence. Mm-hmm which means the former Soviet republics. Mm-hmm. And the former Russian Empire, basically. Well, that is that's that is part of it, because mm-hmm. uh, the former Russian Empire includes the Baltic states, it includes Finland, it includes Poland. Mm-hmm. So we don't know exactly what the borders of the, um, the Russian zone of influence would be. The second thing is Russia wants to have a veto on any policies of the EU and NATO which it considers threatens its security. In other words, on one hand, it wants to have a free hand to do what it wants in its former zone of influence. On the other hand, it wants to have a veto on Western policies. <laughs> yeah. Now, Brzezinski once said that the, the element that makes Russia an empire is when it controls Ukraine. Yes. And without Ukraine, there is no Russian empire. Exactly. And therefore, this is what Russia is after in Ukraine. It wants the West to give it a free hand in Ukraine. Uh, there was an article in the Moscow Times of a day or two ago by a man called Vladimir Frolov. Hmm. He's a well-informed journalist who's got good contacts in the foreign ministry. And he suggested that when Pompeo, the American Foreign Affairs mm-hmm. Secretary, meets Russian officials in Finland, I believe, this week, uh, the Russians are going to suggest that they will pull out of Venezuela if the West will uh, cease its support for Ukraine. I saw that, yeah. And um, Frolov is a well-informed individual, and what is going to be important is, if this is an accurate reflection of Russian views, is that Pompeo has to reject them. Mm Mm-hmm. According to the article, the United States very much wants to get the Russians out of Venezuela. 
in part because of the importance of Venezuela for, for President Trump. And the Russians feel that they can get concessions on Ukraine in return. They tried this once before, and uh, this is when they went into Syria. Okay. One of the reasons for going into Syria was to be able to bargain with the United States that they would cease to support Assad in Syria if the United States would give them a free hand in Ukraine. And the United States refused. So we can hope that the United States will refuse it, refuse yeah. it again. But this, this article, I think, reflects the way Russia is looking at Ukraine. Uh, things just don't change over time, do they? No. Yeah. Well, I guess we can hope for the best. Uh, this could be a devastating blow to Ukraine. Essentially, sovereignty will be lost. Yeah, essentially, the, what the Russians are after is a means of controlling Ukraine. And they may maintain a facade of Ukrainian sovereignty, but they want to have a control on, on the Ukrainian government. Well, they want, they'll have, want to have a control on everything as they did before. They'll come and mess with the culture, with the language, with everything else. And that's just how it's always been. Why would it change now, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Axworthy shared his opinion that Zelensky will take a different approach from Poroshenko, including the war. We've seen it already come out. He's mocked something that, that Putin did uh, recently. So he's already come out, but on the other hand, there have been reports that he's also, that his, his um, loyalty to Ukraine is somewhat in question. I think there's a lot of nervousness. I suspect there's a great deal of exaggeration in, as you get in an election campaign. Yeah. Zelensky is a Russian speaker, primarily a Russian speaker. I don't think this is the basis for questioning his loyalty to Ukraine. No, there are a lot of Russian speakers who are um, very, very patriotic Ukrainians. So he mocked uh, was Putin's announcement of issuing Russian passports to Ukrainian citizens in the occupied areas. That was what he pushed back and made a joke about that. I think the danger with Zelensky is the danger with any new inexperienced person coming to power that he will make mistakes. Yeah. But I think that uh, now that the election is over, we should all relax and do our best to support the new Ukrainian government. Well, I guess only time will tell what will happen. We'll keep our fingers crossed that it will continue moving forward and uh, that Ukraine will be able to regain its uh, sovereign borders again. And maybe Russia will come to its senses. We can only hope. Let us hope then. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ambassador. You're very welcome, Paulette. I really appreciate sharing your thoughts, and perhaps we'll speak to you again with the next election, and hopefully it'll be good news. Let us hope so. Thank you again. Uh, I'm very glad to do so. I look forward to our next conversation. Me too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I knew a man who never had any luck at all. He'd go on a date and then he'd wait, patient for her call. But then it seemed his luck had changed and everywhere he went. He had a woman on his arm and they looked so content. 
I asked him what the secret was that made his life so nice. He said, my Ukrainian grandmother gave me some great advice. She said, if you like her brogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Cause some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Now some men think that all it takes is a fancy car. Some men think that money will make up for who they are. Some men think it's flowers and chocolates and you'll score. But if they listen to their grandmother, they'd all come back for more. Cause you can read of Mars and Venus, you can even pass the test. But if you're lucky enough to be Ukrainian, Baba knows best. She says if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Everybody now, you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal luck. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Canadian folk singer Connie Calder with an original composition uh, and a nod to grandmothers, which is pretty apropos on Mother's Day. So we're going to do another one, and this is by a group from Ukraine. They are called Lysipetme Battalion, which translates as Bicycle Battalion, and they're quite a sensation. They're a group of elderly women, you could say, and uh, Babea, I guess, grandmothers, grandmotherly types. So here they are with a song called Davai Babea, Davai, Giver Baba. Украинский наш кордон Мы не просим, а вы, и мы 
Jaden Chornoboy from Steinbeck, Manitoba with the Dear Mother Waltz. Doroha moya mama. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show here in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com, as well in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed, as well as our website, where you'll find transcripts and audio files, information about the show, and, of course, podcast links to stream and download. There's a link to our Patreon site there as well, where you'll find playlists, proverbs, and other extra features for patrons and donors. And our proverb of the week translates as, Whoever seeks a mother's advice will always find good fortune. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. So one last tune on a Mother's Day theme by the Playboy Band from Edmonton, Kazala Minimatea, Time to Get Married, Son. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.